the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Got questions concerning elder or state law? Attorney Mike Connors has the answer. He was recognized as one of New York's top lawyers by New York Magazine and brings over 30 years' experience to the table. His office number is 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Here's Mike Connors. We are gathered here on hallowed ground. Horses raised, heads bowed down. Welcome to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors. Again, for those of you new to this show, welcome. The show's in two parts. The first part of the show, we talk about estate planning and elder law. And the idea behind estate planning is to pass assets from one generation to the next, paying the least amount in taxes we need to pay legally, avoiding going through court, avoiding probate, and as far as elder law is concerned, trying to save assets from nursing home bills. The second part of the show, we talk about politics, history, religion. And we're going to be talking a little bit about politics and history and religion because we're going to be talking to a former Swiss guard, Dr. Mario Ensler, who guarded Pope John Paul II in the Vatican, you know, for about four years or whatever. And Dr. Ensler is is really a very interesting man, and we're going to be talking to him a little bit later in the show. But in the meanwhile, let's get back to estate planning and elder law. And we have a couple of people here ready to Ask questions. First, my wife, Beth. Hello. Okay, and Daniela. Hello. And Chris. Hi, how are you? Okay, let's, Daniela, who are you? Where did you come from? (laughs) I'm one of the attorneys here at Connors & Sullivan. I came from Parker Wakeman, which was a personal injury and medical malpractice law firm. I graduated from Pace Law School in 2016, and I was admitted to practice in 2017. I've been with Connors & Sullivan. It'll be two years in April. Years next. <laughs> Chris LeBoy. Hi, I'm Kristen. I've been working with Connors and Sullivan for two years. Um and hey. I'm in the Medicaid department. Okay, what what exactly is the Medicaid department? That confuses me sometimes. <laughs> so pretty much what we what we do is we um are assisting clients in working on planning in order for our clients to become eligible in order for them to either get nursing home Medicaid or getting home care Medicaid. Okay. Now, why do you need a lawyer to do that? Or why do you need a lawyer's office? Well, it's super important, especially when you have, you know, assets that you want to protect. Um, and, you know, sometimes when you have like an agency or if you have a uh, a nursing home do it directly it's it's it gets a little complicated for them because they don't understand the different you know assets they just kind of are robotic with what they know rather than knowing you know what you guys have and in your best interest what can be done so that you are protected yeah one of the things too you know nursing homes they don't represent you when they're putting in the application is some goes wrong, they could turn on you, they could sue you. So if you want to protect yourself, then you may want to get a lawyer to help protect you 
in these cases. But Chris, you have a, a question that was sent us by email. Yeah. Um, okay. So this was from an anonymous person and it says, if I pay for a private aid to take care of my mother while her Medicaid home care application is being processed, can I get reimbursed once she's approved and Medicaid provide an aid? So what's the answer to that question? So you definitely can work with the current aid that you have um, using the Consumer Directive Personal Assistance Program with Medicaid, in which that program, you're able to use your private aid and they would pay the aid rather than you paying privately. Now, in the meantime for that, once you become approved for Medicaid, you are able to work on getting in a reimbursement. You can put in the request. Um but if you if you aren't working with with an aide or if the aide isn't, you know, um, allowing you to to put them on to that program, um, it's best to work with a an agency that's approved by Medicaid just so that it's an easier process for you to work on that reimbursement. In other words, basically, if you want to get reimbursed, the best way to do it is get a Medicaid approved agency. Now, at the same time, you can get reimbursed if you hire somebody and they're willing to go on the books with Medicaid. And I, I should, you know, I say this almost every other week. As a practical matter, I strongly advise you do not hire somebody off the books long range. Too many bad things can happen. People are getting fined right now by the Department of Labor in New York State for hiring employees off the books. They get hurt. You got a problem. You're their insurer. You may be an, you may be hiring an undocumented alien and say, well, they're not going to do anything. Believe me, undocumented aliens can sue in court in New York. They have all the rights of a citizen. So be very careful. Please don't hire somebody off the books. Not only that, you're breaking the law. And, you know, a lot of people I know, they don't feel of it that way, but you are. So please don't, please don't hire somebody off the books. Yeah, you might need somebody for a week or two while you're switching over to an agency or there's an emergency situation, you don't have anybody in place. But please do not hire somebody long range off the books. Too many things can happen and go wrong. All right. Now, I'll tell you what, each week, Kevin McCullough takes a question from our emails, reads it to his listeners. Now, Kevin is on Monday through Friday on WMCA from 3 to 4. He's on 970 The Answer from 5 to 6 although he has an extended hour from 4 to 6 on Wednesdays because he does, he shares the hour with John Katsimatidis. So take it away, Kevin. Hi, Kevin McCullough. Every week we've made the promise to you that Mike Connors of Connors & Sullivan Law will be here to answer one of your questions as it pertains to uh, elder law, estate care, all the rest. Uh, Mr. Connors, this week's question comes from Tracy. She says, my son is currently facing a criminal lawsuit. He is the trustee for my trust and executor of my will. My question is, can they go after my assets? Mike Connors? Okay, well, the short answer, you know, is no, they cannot. Now, the other side of the coin on this question is, if your son is convicted of a crime, he cannot legally serve as executor or trustee in New York. So he, you may want to look at a, an alternate trustee, a successor trustee, somebody else. But that's, but that's the, the problem right now. They cannot touch your assets. But your son cannot technically serve as executor in New York. An executor, you know, cannot be convicted of a felony and, and legally serve. What if uh, they make no adjustment, Mike? Uh, what would happen if there was, you know, if there was, uh, if the worst were to occur? Depends who's in the family and who the son can designate to be. The, he could designate somebody else to be the executor. If he's the sole distributee, the sole relative, then he could designate somebody else who's not 
you know, who doesn't have criminal record to be to be the executor. But in the end, it's better for Tracy to start working on it with your people now to put uh, uh, an alternative in place uh, should the worst occur in on, on either of their behalfs. And, friends, is sometimes you have a complicated situation. What I have found about Connors and Sullivan is they are they excel in the complicated situations. So call them today, 718-238-6500, or send them a question for yourself to askmikeconnors at gmail.com. He'll answer a question each week here on Kevin McCullough Radio, and he'll also answer them on his broadcast. Saturday morning at 8 o'clock on Ask the Lawyer on AM 570 The Mission and FM 102.3. And also Sunday mornings starting at 11 on AM 970 The Answer. Mike Connors, thanks so much. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks again, Kevin. All right, now, Beth, you've been waiting in the bullpen over there. Are you ready to go with a question? I am. All right. This is another one from Anonymous. Dear Mr. Connors, my father was married to his wife for 22 years. He died in March. I recently found out he left a house in my name. My stepmother has not mentioned the house to me at all. I don't know if he has a will, and nor do I know how to go about finding out. He also has properties in his name only, although she has properties as well. I believe she has stolen money owed to me. How can I go about fighting for my father's things? Do I have a fighting chance? I'm his firstborn. All right. Well, the the question right now, we want to verify the properties and see how the deeds are written to the various properties. And if they're in New York City, it's relatively easy. You just get on a computer and every deed that's been issued in the city for over 50 years is, is on the computer system. So we can check that out. Now, if there are assets in your father's name alone, then you can apply to be administrator of the estate if there's no will. His wife has priority, but, you know, and, and again, you know, I don't know how long ago your father passed away, but obviously not that long ago if it's in March. So you may want the dust to settle a little bit. I'd like, how do you know that he left a house in your name? Was it through a will? Was it in a trust? Was the deed changed to your name? Whatever. I, you know, I'd like to know that. But at some point, if your mother-in-law, stepmother, I should say, is not moving with the will, you can move to have the will probated in court. It's going through the court is always slow, but if your stepmother's not doing anything, then at some point you can move in court. And, and I would like to know, you know, how the deeds read and then take our, our way to position ourselves for the future. As far as if there's stolen money, if a husband and wife, if there's money missing, it's going to be very difficult to try to prove any case about money between husband and wife because, you know, transfers between spouses are exempt for nursing homes, Medicaid. There's no gift tax, assuming your stepmother is a U.S. citizen. And if there's joint bank accounts between husband and wife, that's not theft. It goes to her. So that's a a complicated situation. I seriously doubt if there's going to be a viable case for money owed to you. Now, is it possible? Was possibly a power of attorney used on a bank account in your father's name alone? And we can show that and maybe put a claim in? Yeah, that is possible. But for the most part, I would deal with the real estate because the real estate, there's a, you know, a paper trail that we can easily follow and know how things were done. And if there are properties in your father's name alone, if there's no will, you're entitled to part of it no matter what, whether you're his firstborn or not, is relatively irrelevant. Are you a child or not a child? That's what's important. And are there other children? But if you want to come in and talk about it with us at Connors and Sullivan, give us a call at 718-238-6500, 718-238-6500. We're going to be talking to 
taking a short break. We'll be back with Dr. Mary Angelo in a few minutes. Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets, and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. Hello, this is Father Frank Pavone of Priests for Life. Adult stem cell research is nothing new. It has been going on for decades and, in fact, has proven helpful in treating various diseases. In the process of this research, nobody has to be killed in order to obtain the stem cells. Embryonic stem cell research, on the other hand, only began in 1998 and does involve killing a new human life in order to obtain the cells. The number of diseases that have been successfully treated with embryonic stem cells is zero. They have shown no medical benefit. And even if they did, such activity is immoral. The end does not justify the means. Adult stem cells have treated various forms of leukemia, sickle cell disease, anemia, and carcinoma. Embryonic stem cells have succeeded in nothing. This is Father Frank Pavone, National Director of Priests for Life. We all know someone who's been touched by cancer. It's the second leading cause of death. And it took the life of my father, John Wayne. But even in his final days, he was thinking about helping others and publicly campaigning to raise awareness about cancer. His courage and grit inspired our family to do everything we could to fight the big C, as my dad called it. So we did something about it and founded the John Wayne Cancer Institute 35 years ago to advance life-saving research. Our discoveries are fundamentally changing the way cancer is treated around the world. Cures are within our reach, but we can't do it alone. I'm Patrick Wayne, and I'd be honored if you joined us in the fight against cancer. You can make a lasting legacy by helping to eradicate this deadly disease. Together, we can save lives. To learn more, visit jwcigiving.org. That's jwcigiving.org. Time now for Connor's Corner, where Mike takes a closer look at topics like history, politics, religion, and more. Here's Mike. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. We're very honored to have as our next guest, Dr. Mario Enslow, who served as a papal guard, Swiss guard. And he has a book coming out about Pope John Paul II. Welcome to Connors Corner. Thank you very much. Thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure and an honor. First of all, I think a lot of people in our audience would say, Swiss guard, how do you become a Swiss guard? You know, how did you become a guard to the Pope? God, you have to be Swiss. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, I am Swiss, yes. But uh, uh, so I, have, I am a Swiss citizen born from a Swiss father and an Italian mother. And my uniqueness is that I was born not in Switzerland, but in Italy. 
because that's where my dad had been transferred for the in the in the company that he used to work in Switzerland. They transferred him in Milan, and then he met my mom's, and then they got married, and he kept. Until he retired, and so I was born and raised in a small town outside of Milan called Sotto il Monte, which literally means under the mountain, and that's the town where Saint Pope John the Twenty Third was born. So I always say to everybody, imagine my joy on April twenty seventh, two thousand and fourteen, when on the same day uh, Pope Francis canonized Saint Pope John Paul II who I served as a Swiss guard for three and a half years, and St. Pope John XXIII, whom I dated two of his nieces. <laughs> <laughs> How do you become a Swiss guard? Basically, it's a, it's, it's a branch of the Swiss army. In other words, the way I did it, once I finished graduate school in Milano, as an only child, my dad came to me and he said that I needed structure in my life. <laughs> I was doing perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay. And uh, he said, no, you need to go to the, to join some military. You have dual citizenship, either join the Italians or join the Swiss. You can even try to go to the, you know, this officer school, like the equivalent that you have here in the United States. And so I did a little research and I saw that uh, in Switzerland, that program was 17 weeks and in Italy was 54 weeks. And so it was a no brainer. And so I decided to join the Swiss army and, uh, it didn't take long to realize that uh, Swiss are a little crazy, if I may say so, in a radio program, because they have a navy, for crying out loud. There is no <laughs> ocean in Switzerland, and they even have a navy, okay? And so while I was there, you know, shooting and climbing and fighting and, and learning logics and strategies, somebody approached me and said, you should seriously consider becoming a Swiss guard. You know who the Swiss guards are. And of course I knew who the Swiss guards are. Everybody knows. And I told them, I said, no, thanks. I don't see myself dressed up as a clown. <laughs> and, uh, and the gentleman there, there was a lieutenant colonel. He said, well, uh, you know, to become a Swiss guard to become the Pope bodyguards, it basically means that you acquire a noble title. And I said, a noble title? What does that mean? Do I be prince? And he said, no, you become a defensores libertatis ecclesiae, protectors of the church's freedom. So when he said that, I started thinking and I said, okay, the Swiss guard were established on January 22nd, 1506. So 514 years ago. And the reason why they were established is because the Pope at that time feared, you know, for his uh, safety. And he didn't have an army, didn't have people that he could trust. And somebody told him that the Swiss, beside being farmer, they were also extremely good fighters and extremely loyal. And so he decided to hire a group of Swiss and uh, on January 22nd, 1506, as a matter of fact, that's when he welcomed them, okay? And so the guards are there to protect this freedom, and I was intrigued by this. What does that mean? You know, who's trying to take the church's freedom away? So that's how I joined it. I joined it not as a typical young adult from Switzerland that he finished college and he wants to go abroad and do something new so that he can, you know, see new culture. 
I already spoke Italiano fluently. I already grew up in Italy. I just went because I wanted to understand better what was this concept of protecting the church freedom. When you report to the Vatican, who's the Pope? So who's the Pope? The Pope is the Prince of the Apostles, is the President of the Vatican State, is the Servant of the Servants. You know, he carries seven titles. And when I joined, it was St. Pope John Paul II. And uh, the fact that I knew who he was, you know, uh, uh, I was 12 years old when he was elected, and uh, throughout my growth, he was always a mentor, a point of reference for me. But, uh, you know, when I arrived in the Vatican, my Catholic faith was mainly my parents' faith rather than mine. And so, to me, the Pope was somebody on a pedestal that I was intrigued trying to understand Okay, so what is this man really trying to do? Does he have a special line so that he can call God? You know, so to me, St. Pope John Paul II was this hero, somebody away from me, and I felt attracted so that I could try to understand better who he was. And so that's why when I went there, to me, the Pope was not just a title, so my understanding of who he was was not merely an understanding of his office okay but it was was a, a slow process based more on a human uh, angle okay of all of the the connection and the conversation and 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 and, and the things that that he shared with me obviously the the pope made an impression on you you, you decided to write a book why did you write the book and, and what can the reader get out of the book I wrote a book that I called I Served a Saint, and it's published by Newman House Press. And uh, uh, it's a reflection, as it says on the front of the book, of a Swiss guard in honor of the centenary of the birth of St. John Paul II. And I was blessed that my dear friend George Weigel wrote the foreword for me. And uh, I wrote it because on May 18 of this year, birthday, because St. Pope John Paul II was born on May 18, 1920, in a small village in Poland called Wadowice. And uh, since I came in the United States in 2010, I've been, you know, giving talks to schools, to businessmen groups, uh, to men conferences, and I always uh, uh, approach subjects that they give me, you know, masculinity, finance and faith, business ethics, whatever, and I always bring St. Pope John Paul II in the middle. And people will always come and say, oh, I wish my brother was going to be here, or I wish, oh, I wish, can I, give, can I get your notes and blah, blah, blah. You should write a book. And so finally I thought, hey, you know what? I'm not an author, but I can definitely put on paper all the stories that I usually share verbally. And so I did. I, my wife encouraged me, and so I put all of these stories and uh, uh, together, and uh, it's, as, as, as I said, the, the, the celebration of his 100th birthday, I think, fed the purpose. It's what actually motivated me, you know, to, to have a former Swiss guard writing something to celebrate and to honor his 100th birthday. Can you give the audience an example of John Paul's personality and his, his abilities, his mental abilities, his spiritual abilities? Well, he was obviously a man of faith a man of hope. He was an authentic leader. He was a servant leader. 
he was obviously in a in an intimate relationship with God, like uh, not many other people except uh, Mother Teresa uh, ever uh, gave me that vibe. Okay, but to, to give you, I don't know, he any chance he had, at least with me, he would you know stop and exchange few words, and sometimes he would even joke with me, and, and he will ask me, you know, he knew that I loved soccer, and so he will ask me, how did my soccer team do? And he will sometimes joke, saying, oh, where are you going tonight? You're going out to pizza. Can I come with you? And I will always tease him, saying, uh, well, Your Holiness, uh, I wish you could. I can bring you a pizza back, but uh, uh, by the time that he's back, it will be cold, and uh, I don't think he's going to be good. So, you know, that kind of relationship, but give you humanity. This is a story that I write in the book. So um, uh, my mom, mother, so my grandmother died a few months before I was born, so I never met her. And so uh, my mother's aunt, which was my grandmother's older sister, somehow impersonated the role of my grandmother. And uh, she passed away uh, right after I finished the service at the age of 90. You know, she was born in the 1800s still. And she used to, um, I don't know how you say in English, but when you, you know, when you, when you create sweatshirt or, or, or sacks with wool, you know, that you use two sticks. How do you call that actions in English? Knitting. Knitting, okay. So she, she was an amazing woman with that. So... One time, my mother called me, or actually we were on a phone conversation, and she said, Via Pina, that was my name, her name, Aunt Pina, Giuseppina, okay? She just needed a sweater, white, with this uh, wooden button, and uh, she would really like for you to give it to His Holiness. And I said, Mom, it doesn't work like that. You know, you can mail it to me, but it, it, it's, it's embarrassing. And my mom said, listen... If you can, okay, otherwise I'm just going to tell the Pina to, to give it to me, I'll mail it to you, and then you decide what to do. So my mom mail, sends me by mail that sweater, and he arrives down in the barracks, and then I decided somehow to keep it in my briefcase when I was on duty on the Apostolic Palace. You are allowed to take a briefcase where you have some manuals and so on and so forth that you have to carry with you. So one afternoon, while I had that sweater, the personal secretary of His Holiness uh, came out of the papal apartment, and then we started talking. And I remember that he was wrapped in a, you know, in a present paper. You know, that my hand—I didn't even look, open it to see how it looked. And so I took it out of my briefcase and I gave it to Monsignor Givic and I said, Monsignore, this is from my aunt. You know, she's like my grandma and she did it for his only father. You know, it's uh, and he says, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. You know, the, the, the personal secretary receives presents all the time, left and right. And they are trained, they are formed, you know, to always smile and say, thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, that was just before Christmas. And then, on December 31st, uh, John Paul II went to celebrate Mass downtown in uh, Roma, and on his way back, he stopped at the crash in St. Peter's Square. You know, there is the Christmas tree, and next to it, there is the crash, you know. And uh, we were there as Swiss guards, and I was the leader of the Swiss guard band. 
so we will pray you know a few christmas carol why his holiness will be praying in front of the crash and then he will shake hands with all the laborers that they build the crash and then he comes toward me and he had a red mantle and this picture is in the book he comes and shakes my hand and what do i see i see that underneath is white sweater with wooden button. But I didn't open the package. So when I saw that for a moment, I didn't connect the dots, you know? And then when he said goodbye to me, Monsignor Jivic came and he said to me, you really liked your Ziapina's present. It keeps them warm. Tears of joy came down, you know, from my eyes. And then... Uh, when I went back, I called my mom, and then I, you know, I called my Ziapina, and I made at that time an 89 years old woman extremely happy because the sweater that she had needed ended up really on the body of Saint Pope John Paul II. Do you have any doubts in your mind that John Paul II is a saint? Absolutely not. Now, why? What would you say to convince somebody? Let's say there's a skeptic he, he out there. He was truly a saint. Well, I no, I have absolutely no doubts. And I can tell you because I felt his holiness every single time I was in his in his presence. He had something different. Okay. Yes, a respect for the Eucharist, the way that I saw him praying in front of the Blessed Sacrament, his devotion for Mary, his gravitas that he had made him special. Every time he will talk to me, he will look at me with his blue eyes of an intensity of blue that I still did not identify in any other human being. And that's, that's, I believe that's what a saint does. You know, a saint, when looks at you, is entirely focused on you, one person at a time. And uh, I've seen people uh, being healed, you know, and there is a story of uh, one of that I was somehow indirectly involved and was a miracle of a dead and mute girl that uh, uh, somehow, uh, in, during an audience, the only father didn't know her, but he stopped all of a sudden in the middle of these human walls, you know, one on the right side and one on the left side, and he reached the forehead of a little girl that she was above the, 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 the barracks there, you know, the, the, the fence, and he blessed her mouth and her ears. And only weeks later, we found out that that girl was mute and dead. And after he blessed her, she started talking and hearing. And, uh, you know, so how the heck did His Holiness identify that girl? How the heck did His Holiness knew about her truly a saint. You know, the name of the book, I Served a Saint, the author, Dr. Yes. Mario Ensler. Thank you for being on Connor's Corner. Thank you very much, and God bless you. God bless. If you're a homeowner age 62 or older and are finding it hard to pay off debt, or how about enjoying your retirement years with less stress? A government-insured reverse mortgage may be the answer or might be the perfect solution for you and your family. Hi, this is Frank Melia, a certified mortgage planner. I've been a mortgage specialist for over 20 years, and I've helped countless homeowners all over the tri-state area tap into a little or a lot of their home equity so they can use it right now. 
This past October, the federal government made changes to the reverse mortgage loan program. Give me a call now so our office can show you how these changes affect how much money you receive and how the annual mortgage insurance costs have decreased. My job is to help you find the best solutions for your retirement goals. I do this by educating homeowners with straightforward information and answers. It's free to call and speak with me, Frank Melia, to determine if this FHA program might be able to help you and your loved ones now. Call and speak with me right now. I'll answer your questions and help you decide if a reverse mortgage is right for you and your family. Make the call now, 888-943-2646, or try me on the internet at www.quanticbank.com backslash fmelia. Once again, call 888-943-2646, and you could be on your way to a stress-free retirement. Frank Melia, NMLS number 62591. All loans provided by Quantic Bank, NMLS number 403503. When a desperate parent calls YCS seeking help for their child with special needs, we are there to answer the call. Our staff provides compassionate care to children affected by trauma, autism, or developmental disabilities. Can you help us provide the services needed to keep families together? Find out how you, your company, or organization can volunteer. Learn more at YCS.org. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. Welcome to the Connors Corner segment of Ask the Lawyer. Our next guest, where you know, is from deep in the heart of Texas, Michael Foley. He's got a book out, and he's been on the show uh, uh, many times. Drinking with your patron saints: the sinner's guide to honoring namesakes and protectors. Welcome to the show, Michael. Thanks so much. It's great to be on. You know, we're very close to St. Patrick's uh, St. Patrick's Day. Uh, you, you're talking about honoring your namesakes. We've got a lot of Irish people here in New York named Patrick. So, so what do we do to honor St. Patrick? Well, as you might imagine, we've got a lot of options for drinks in honor of St. Patrick. Ireland has produced us has produced many good gifts for for the world. So you got beer, uh, you know, Guinness, Murphy's, uh, Smittics. Uh, plenty of whiskey. Uh, Irish whiskey is making a huge comeback these days. Um, but one of my favorites is an Irish ale cocktail. It's basically like a Moscow mule, but with Irish whiskey. And it's very refreshing. What are the ingredients again? It's uh, Irish whiskey, some lime wedges, and then you pour it into a highball and top it with ginger beer. That's it. What's the difference between ginger beer and ginger ale? Ginger ale is a lot sweeter. They're both non-alcoholic. Okay. 
but ginger beer is, yeah, you can, you can taste the sort of pungent quality of ginger and no sweetener, whereas, you know, ginger ale is just very sweet. Let me, in all seriousness, let's get back to the book. Isn't it a little sacrilegious to start putting saints and drinks and cocktails together? Absolutely not. I mean, it, it can be, of course. You can misuse anything, but that's not the spirit in which I suggest these drinks. It's, you know, St. Paul has a line about uh, eating and drinking to the glory of God, that you can, you can certainly mix the pleasures of the body with fine thoughts of the spirit or soul. There's no contradiction, at least not in Catholicism. You're from Baylor University, correct? Yes. That's not exactly a bastion of Catholicism, <laughs> is it? Baylor is the world's oldest and largest Baptist university. So how does your administration like your books about drinking with the saints? Well, I did one thing. Bef- uh, I made sure before I wrote the books that I got tenure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so good enough. Now, why, why, do you, why, why do you write these books, and, and what do you want the reader to take away with it, outside of the fact you have some recipes for some fine drinks? Yeah, I, I wrote the books as a way of basically promoting a more festive Catholic culture, the uh you know there's a great when you are a a believer there's there's much reason to celebrate and so this is a way of sort of finding a way to incorporate a festive spirit into your daily life and that's what i hope the reader takes away hey wait a minute you know my i was born on december 6th with the saint oh yeah Myra's feast day. So what should I be? Oh, there there are too many options. Uh, For one thing, St. Nicholas, I discovered to my surprise, basically has more patronages than any other saint except the Blessed Virgin Mary. He's got he's got hundreds. That's true. Yeah. You're talking about the East and West. Oh, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the Eastern Orthodox love him. And so he patronizes so many different causes and places. He's the patron saint of the the Greek Navy. He's a patron saint of Russia. Um, yeah, so you've got a lot of drinking options for St. Nicholas's Day. Well, considering the fact of um, Irish-German descent, what should I be looking at? Well, you could do something Irish or German. Um, the big St. Nicholas drinks come out of Holland. Uh, they have a, a mulled wine called Bishop's Wine, which is really good and is always drunk in the Netherlands on, on that feast day. I guess I have to give give it a shot. What what are some other interesting saints that you you have in your book that you'd like to talk about with our audience? Well, um, we could go back to St. Patrick. Everyone knows he is the patron saint of Ireland, but he's also the patron saint of Nigeria because of the Irish missionaries that brought the faith to Nigeria in the 19th century. And because of this Irish influence, Nigeria consumes more Guinness per year than the United States. You know, I have to absorb that. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I believe you on that one. What's your it's source? It's the third. It's, it's, the, it's number three in the world for Guinness drinking nations behind the United Kingdom and the Republic of Ireland. And then Guinness, uh, Nigeria is number three for Guinness, and then the United States is number four. All right. So we, we covered... St. Patrick, we covered St. Nicholas. Another one of your favorite saints with an interesting cocktail. Interesting saint. I love St. Joseph. He's a good sort of everyman saint. Uh, he's got a lot of patronages that uh, as well. Uh, the Sazerac is an excellent drink. It's 
possibly the world's first cocktail invented in New Orleans in the 1820s, 1830s. And one of its ingredients is a hint of absinthe, which is made from wormwood. So we assigned this wormwood drink to St. Joseph because of his role as a carpenter. <laughs> we got, yeah, we got to give that one to Joe Piscopo, <laughs> I guess. He can have that on, on St. which is right, coming right up the corner, St. Joseph's That's right. Day. March 19th. All right, let's let's say I'm a New Yorker up here. Who should I be looking at? To... Mother Cabrini. All right, what's you, you got a cocktail from Mother Cabrini? I do Cabrini? indeed. The Manhattan. We don't have a statue to her in New York, but we can. I guess we can get a cocktail. Drink for her. a Manhattan in her honor because she did a lot of great work. Uh, Manhattan. Yep, she did a lot of great work in Manhattan. So I Manhattan is one of the best cocktails ever made, and I thought Mother Cabrini deserved it. Very good. You know, you're giving me some interesting ideas here. You're in Texas. What about if you live in Texas? What if you're in Waco, Texas? Yeah. Well, I would just follow. I I don't think there's a patron saint of uh, of Waco, Texas, but I would just uh, <laughs> I would just follow the either the church calendar or pick a cause that I wanted to toast to, and then find the saint for it. Okay. Now we're we're going to have a Franciscan on. If uh, Saint Francis, who would you? Uh, yeah. What is Fran- Saint Francis? A lot of. Op- Saint Francis. A lot of options for Saint Francis. Uh, there's a beer called Francis Connor that is made in Germany that is very good. Um, and then there, I think there are at least three cocktails for Saint Francis. There's a very old cocktail called the Saint Francis, which is basically a martini with orange bitters. It's very good. Uh, there's also one called uh, a San Francisco that uh, is just about as old, like Prohibition era. But I can't quite remember what's what's in that right now. Well, that's a good start anyway. So remember to, to give that one to Father Paul when he when he comes on soon. But why, why did you write these books? Again, I know it's it's to bring some joy into Christianity, but somebody buys your book, what, what do you want them to get outside of, you know, having some fun reading, connecting the saints with the cocktails? Well, that is the main reason. And it is also just to remind people that, Joy and piety are not mutually exclusive. Uh, we should be enjoying the created gifts that God has given us, you know, in moderation, of course. But yeah, with a sense of festivity and merriment. You have a book about why Catholics eat fish on Friday. Can you give us a quick summary as to that? Oh, wh- why we do eat fish on Friday? Well, right. of course, the joke is we don't have to eat fish on Friday. We're supposed to be abstaining from flesh meat, which is defined as the meat of a warm-blooded animal that dwells on land. Um, So the question is, why? Why give that up on Friday? And this is a very old custom. I mean, it goes back to the early, early centuries of the church, but they never actually explained why. My theory is that, in a weird way, it is the absence of this flesh of a warm-blooded animal that basically shed its blood for you in order for you to eat it by not having that animal in a weird way. It sort of ironically reminds you of this day Friday where God shed his blood for you. So by abstaining from a, a blood shedding act of eating, so to speak, it paradoxically reminds you of the crucifixion. You know, I'm glad you said that because you opened my eyes on that one. I never figured that one out, but uh, thank you. 
You're welcome. Where can you get your book, and, and, and how do you find it? It's on Amazon, and uh, a lot of uh, retail stores will have it as well. Okay. Michael Foley. Thank you very much for being on Connor. Thank you. Whether you need help with drafting a will or trust, power of attorney, health care proxy, living will, or protecting your assets from nursing home costs, Connors & Sullivan's goal is always the protection of your rights and interests. The professionals at Connors & Sullivan have been helping people like you plan their estates and protect their families for over 30 years. I'm Mike Connors. Come to our office for a free initial consultation. Talk with me or one of our experienced attorneys to see how we can help you protect your family, your assets and your legacy. There is no one strategy that fits everyone, but the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is no planning at all. Call Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law today to schedule a free initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn, Midtown Manhattan, Queens, and Staten Island. 718-238-6500. That's 718-238-6500. Or visit their website, connorsandsullivan.com. I think I just found myself believing that I didn't need God. I just had everything under control, and church was actually a, a burden to me. I might have gone to church, you know, at Christmas time, gradually quit going. No, I didn't take my faith seriously, which, which probably means I, I never really got it to begin with. You can have a beautiful car, a big fancy home, but if you don't have Christ in your life, there's an emptiness that's there. We are enslaved to power or to greed or to wealth or to lust, especially as a man. But there's a true freedom to not be enslaved, but to attach ourselves to God and to be free. Thank God I'm home. Now that I'm back in the Catholic Church, I'm a new person. I love it. There's peace in our home that we didn't have before. You're coming home to a Catholic family where people today just embrace you. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for whatever reason, we invite you to take another look. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Do you have somewhere to sleep? Did you eat today? Are you making ends meet? For thousands of New Yorkers, the answer is no. For children and youth, adults, seniors, people struggling with addiction or mental illness, and for the isolated, Catholic Charities of Brooklyn and Queens is there. With 160 programs and more than 4,500 units of affordable housing, Catholic Charities is one of the largest multi-service charitable organizations in the nation. We help change lives and build communities. If you or someone you know needs assistance, call 718-722-6001 or visit CCB. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. Welcome back to Ask the Lawyer with me, Mike Connors, again accompanied by my wife, Beth. Hello, everybody. And Daniela. Hello. You know, Michael Foley, I always enjoy his books or whatever. So we touched on St. Francis. We got to give Father Paul, you know, those cocktails for uh, in honor of St. Francis. And of course, we talked about St. Patrick coming up and St. Nicholas. And for those of you out there that, that know us, my middle name is Nicholas, Michael Nicholas Connors, because I was born on December 6th, which is the feast day for St. Nicholas of Myra. Now, my son was born on my grandfather's birthday, and he was born on September 10th, which is the feast day for St. Nicholas of Tolentine. And so in an odd circumstance, events, we've got three generations named Nicholas, but for two St. Nicholases. So, you know, I, I didn't ask what drink we should be having in <laughs> honor of St. Nicholas of Tolentine, who's from who was from Italy. But speaking of Italy, Daniela, when we're talking to, to Dr. Enzler, he was saying that his family in Italy, northern Italy, who's near the Swiss border, churches are closed. His mother can't go to church. His father, who's a big soccer fan, 
can't go to the soccer games. I don't know why he would want to go to a soccer game, but oh. you know, he can't. <laughs> uh, you have some family in Italy. What's the story? I do. So my family is in a town called Frosinone, which is about 50 miles outside of Rome. Over there, it hasn't hit them as hard yet. But, you know, schools are being closed. People are being quarantined. But it hasn't affected them as much as northern Italy. Church is still going on. Their soccer games are still going on. So, I mean, hopefully it doesn't get down there, but it's navigating its way all the way through Italy. Okay, now what, what part of Italy is your family from? Um, it's called Frosinone. It's in the region of Lazio, which is about 50, 47 miles outside of Rome. Do you speak any Italian? Yes. And you're not the only person in your office who speaks Italian? No. Yeah. We have another attorney, Rosa Maria Di Francisco as well. We also have Giacomo Maniscalco. Yes. <laughs> Not that I've seen him we in got, a few weeks. But. We got him everywhere. Right. He's nice. out in our Queen's offices. You know, one, one thing, I getting back to, to Michael Foley, I asked him, you know, like why you're in a Baptist institution at Baylor. How did they let you write these books about the saints? And he said, first he waited till he had tenure. <laughs> I All mean, right. I have a lot of friends that went to and graduated from Baylor, and I don't think they realize he's doing this. I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to be a squealer just, just because you know, he could be. He could be, you know, embarrassing all these people. Well, if he's telling you how to what, drink what to the saints, it might it be. Baylor? Now, Baptists are not particularly liberal on taking alcoholic beverages, if I'm not mistaken. Well, they're they're not supposed to take alcoholic yeah. beverages. Of course, that was the old joke. If you see four Baptists, you see a fifth. <laughs> <laughs> and and they're not supposed to dance either. Right. I think I think as time has gone by, things have loosened up a little bit. All right. Now, meanwhile, you know, if you check our Facebook page. We're coming up to the Bay Ridge St. Patrick's Day Parade. Now, Hooray! 10 years ago, uh, I was the Grand Marshal of the Bay Ridge St. Patrick's Day. And we've got up there a picture of, uh, you know, us, you and me, Beth, and uh, Mayor Mike, Mini Mike. <laughs> we, you have met some of the most interesting people. You know, think about it. Mar right. and, well, he was nice enough to at least march in the parade. Right, unlike Mayor, Mayor de Blasio, who never shows up at these Irish parades. Now, Chris Cordani, how can somebody get that picture? How can somebody like us on Facebook? You know, how do you do that, and why should you do that? You can find the picture on the Facebook page. Yes, it's Ask the Lawyer with Mike Connors. That's the name of the Facebook page. So when you're on Facebook, type that in and like the page. There'll be a thing that says a button that says like you. With the old thumbs up, just click on that and you liked it. Now, if you're there and it says liked, that means you already liked the page. And that's a good thing, too. So you don't need to click it again. But thank you for liking us already. You can also find it on our Twitter page, uh, CNS Attorneys. That's the uh, handle, CNS Attorneys. And on Michael's website for this radio show, AskMikeTheLawyer.com. What kind of information do you get on, the, on these websites? You can get a lot of things on the Facebook. On, on our social media, you can find out uh, a lot about what's going on with the program. You'll find out what our newest videos are on YouTube. And I'll start putting classic ones on there again as well, so you can catch up oh, with some okay. of the older interviews. That's going to be fun, good. too. Uh, you can also find uh, our all of our podcasts on the AskMikeTheLawyer.com website and, of course, the AM970 The Answer website. Well, let me ask you something. I was browsing through YouTube the other day, and I was surprised to see, hey, we've got some YouTube interviews up on, on you know, just go down. And I, I was trying to look for our buddy Mike Connors, the actor, and I came up with some of our 
interviews. How'd that happen? Well, it's because I put them there. And we, we, I snuck them hey! right on you. I snuck them with No, just kidding. Yeah, you had me set up the channel a while back and said, Chris, there has to be a way for our listeners to, to just get the interviews that they want to hear the interviews. And I said, let's put our best ones up on YouTube. And, that, and then that's what happened. We, we have the channel now. Ask the Lawyer, Connor's Corner Conversations. And Isn't that nice? people that are on there. Some of the people that are on there, well, you have the big stars. You have your your Jerry Cooney interview. You have uh, uh, your uh, uh, Mike Connors up there. You have... Uh, and well, by the way, speaking of Jerry Cooney, when is his boxing exhibition coming on? I believe uh, you're going to be there on the 20th, uh, okay, June but we 20th. Got, we, we got to get somebody from his organization to talk about that be- well before the 20th. Well, let's see if we can get somebody. I'm sure YCS would be very happy to come on and talk about it. Okay, so... Let's get that done. And one other thing, too. If somebody has an email question for the show, where do they email the the question? That's easy to do, too. Take a pencil right now. Check it out. I'm going to say it. It is askmikeconnors at gmail.com. One more time for our audience. Askmikeconnors at gmail.com. Now, I have one final question. What what do we have a Twitter account for and why? (laughs) We have a Twitter account because some people don't really want to be on Facebook and they don't really like being on other social media, but they think Twitter is cool. Maybe it's the name. Maybe they want to see if Jack Dorsey will uh, suspend their account for some reason or another. (laughs) Although uh, there's been a buyout there. We can talk about that at another time. But people might like the short and sweetness of Twitter. So we do put your show information on there and what's going on with the seminars and things like that on our Twitter page, so people can easily go to CNS Attorneys. That's at CNS Attorneys. All right. Well, I, I think, know, you know, confusing. I think Mr. Kincaid is telling us it's time to take off. And, and and by the way, if you're interested in Irish music, take a look at David Kincaid's, you know, website or whatever. But again, thank you for listening to Ask the Lawyer. We'll see you next week at the same time. Bye-bye, everybody. We are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. We are gathered, we are gathered here on hallowed ground, voices raised, heads bowed down. We're gathered here on hallowed ground to sing this soul away. How can I protect my family if something happens to me? What if I need to go to a nursing home? What will happen to our savings, our home? What's the best way to give my home to my kids? Who will help us take care of Grandpa? These and many other questions can be answered with a phone call to Connors & Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC, 718-238-6500. Mike Connors, one of New York Magazine's top lawyers, has over 30 years of estate planning and elder law experience. Mike and his team of professionals will help you protect your assets from probate, taxes, and nursing home costs so you can have peace of mind knowing you and your family will be taken care of and protected. I'm Mike Connors, founder of Connors & Sullivan. People don't plan to fail, they fail to plan. The time to plan is now. I'm Beth Connors. Call today for a free initial consultation with one of our experienced lawyers. Connors and Sullivan in Brooklyn, Queens, Manhattan, and Staten Island. Call 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500 or connorsandsullivan.com. The preceding pre-recorded program paid for by Connors and Sullivan Attorneys at Law, PLLC.